Welcome to the Bible Reading Plan podcast by Victory Point. One of the best ways to grow as a disciple of Jesus is to read and reflect on Scripture daily. We created this podcast to guide you through our daily Bible reading plan that helps us dwell in God's Word as we grow together in listening to the Spirit. Whether you're on your commute, doing dishes, or just getting up in the morning, we're glad you tuned in. Good morning, and welcome to the Bible Reading Plan podcast. I'm Brendan, and I'm here with Earl. Um, if you are just turning, tuning into this episode, uh, first time in the week, I encourage you to go back and listen to Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday's passages, and uh, or don't listen to me, just pick up today's. That's great, too. Um, anyways, what I mean to say is we've been recording these podcasts all week and sending them out, and... Um, it's been interesting to trace some of these themes. So far, we've seen some themes of, you know, um, being willing to say yes to God no matter what. Um, themes of uh, hope and despair put together, not being overly optimistic, but also not being overly pessimistic, but being full of faith. Um, the the willingness to not be overly attached to uh, our own people's perceptions of us. You know, but being willing to, again, say yes to God no matter what. And today we're going to be Roman, reading Romans 6. I'm not sure if those themes are going to emerge in the same way. They don't have to. But I just think it's been interesting uh, to trace those things, little yeah. threads to trace. And uh, Earl has been uh, brave in entering these uh, passages that are kind of heavy this week. So um, I will read today's passage, Romans 6, 12 through 23, and then we'll ruminate on it. Sounds good. Okay. From 6, 12. Therefore, do not let sin exercise dominion in your mortal bodies to make you obey their passions. No longer present your members to sin as instruments of wickedness, but present yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life and present your members to God as instruments of righteousness. For sin will have no dominion over you, since you are not under law, but under grace. What then? Should we sin because we are not under law, but under grace? By no means. Do you not know that if you present yourselves to anyone as obedient slaves, you are slaves to the one whom you obey, either sin, which leads to death, or of obedience, which leads to righteousness? But thanks to be, be to God that you, having once been slaves of sin, have become obedient from the heart, to the form of teaching to which you are entrusted, and that you, having been set free from sin, have become slaves of righteousness. I am speaking in human terms because of your natural limitations. For just as you once presented your members as slaves to impurity and to greater and greater iniquity, so now present your members as slaves to righteousness for sanctification. When you were slaves of sin, you were free in regard to righteousness." So what advantage did you then get from the things of which you are now ashamed? The end of those things is death. But now that you have been freed from sin and enslaved to God, the advantage you get is sanctification. The end is eternal life. For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. What do you think, Earl? Wow. There's like a lot of bread in here, you know, there's yep. a lot of depth. Yeah. It's just, uh, this should be a week's worth of podcast. I know, there's too right much here. to chew. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
the uh, the first thing that that pops out to me is um, in verse fourteen. There's just that phrase. It's so amazing. It says, "You are not under law, but under grace." Um, it. I'm just imagining being a Jew at that time and hearing this, and hearing that I'm not under the law, but I'm under grace. It's just it. It would rock my thinking. Mm-hmm. You know, it's so. Um, it's like revolutionary. And that's actually what I think about. I think about um, the revolutionary era of the United States. And I think about, you know, we should be a free and independent nation, not under the rule of, you know, under the rule of the king. That's, that was, that's to me, literally what is how the word revolutionary Mm -hmm. makes sense um, in America's story. And I think the word revolutionary describes this. Hmm. If I'm a Jew, it's just an amazing concept. Yeah. Yeah. What, what is there if there's no law for a Jew? Right. The law is like their light, you know, it's their guidance. It's their, it's their way of life. Yeah. It's breath to them. It's everything. And you go, there's freedom from the law and that gets replaced by, you know, a gift of grace through the Holy spirit, through Jesus Christ. Um, that's that's a revolution it's also like almost like a loss like well what what do i do now yeah (laughs) who am i now i mean it's probably taking so much of their identity um that would be definitely complete reorientation of their lives yeah it takes away the stability i think in their life Uh you know absolutely i keep coming back to abraham I mean, I see Abraham in this passage, the the story we talked about in Genesis 22, all over the place. Um, Abraham was alive before the law, right? Right. There was no law. God had not revealed himself through the law yet. But what Abraham had was this thing we talked about earlier about like the universal morality code, like don't kill your child. Um, Basic things like that. Don't steal. I mean, these... These are also in the Ten Commandments, right? But um, but there's kind of a universal understanding. That's just not something that you do. Right. And being a nice person, being a kind person, being uh, a loving person are all things that, you know, as humans, you kind of espouse as your law, so to speak. Um, anyway, it seems like with Abraham, what he's literally doing is presenting members of his body. Like, even though it's Isaac, someone else's body, like yeah. it's part of his family. He's sure. presenting a, the most cherished part of his family who resembles all of his hope for the future. He's presenting that to God and putting it on the altar and saying, um, yes, you can have this, which resembles a breaking of the law, freedom of the law, like the moral code, like, I'm an, I'm willing to do this, and I'm showing you that um, this doesn't have a hold on me anymore. Right. And I wonder if that's why God asked him to do that, so he'd be a man of faith and not a man of just like a nice person. I wonder if part of the story. I never thought about this before. Now I'm talking about. I wonder if part of the story is to remind us that Abraham is a flawed human, you know, that receives grace, not a really nice person who just always just the right thing. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Sure. Like the fact that it makes me uncomfortable maybe is why it's in scripture to begin with. And I go, wow, like he is now ascended to grace 
you know, God has lifted him up out of that and said, actually, there's another way to live, not by just doing what you think is always right, but by doing uh, what I tell you, you know, and he becomes a slave of, of righteousness yeah. and faith. He becomes yeah. God's servant. Here I am. I'm your servant, right? Like, here I am, I'm your servant. Instead of slave to sin, which would, which what Paul is saying is, Sin is thinking that you're righteous, thinking that you're doing the right thing all the time, yep. thinking that you're a morally upstanding person when you are not. So it's almost like God exposed, look, you're willing to kill your own son. Look how terrible you are. But look, it's okay. Like I rescued you from that. Like, yeah. I'm the only thing that redeems you from this false image that you have of you being a nice person and a good person and the best version of yourself, which is a phrase that I hate, <laughs> um, if you can't tell. Um <laughs> So, yeah, I, I see Abraham all over this passage where he's been brought from death to life, literally in the fact that God has given him a child when he is as good as dead. Quote, it's from the New Testament. Like, you, Abraham, when he was good as dead, was able to have a child, thanks be to God. But also that Isaac was then brought from death to life. He was as good as dead, too. And God had brought him, God brought him back only by the grace of God. Yeah, you know, at the hands of uh, maybe a crazy father <laughs> who's willing <laughs> to pull a knife out. Um, so that's, I think, what I see in here is that um, that our own morality, our own righteousness, the good things that we think that we do, the good people we think that we are, actually, the the end of that is death, like this passage says. Um, I mean, I'm just trying to sit, unpack this thing that. When we think of law, we immediately think of this bad thing that other people used to follow that we don't have to follow anymore, like sure. the religious thing. Yep. But today, just like Abraham, our law is this, this lie that we can somehow be really good people. That if I act a certain way, if I you know, listen to my parents, if I listen to society, I can be a good person and that's a great way to live. And God is saying that is filthy rags, I think Paul would say later, that's filthy rags before the Lord. Like your righteousness is filthy rags. Instead, become slaves to God, you know, and inherit righteousness and eternal life rather than thinking that you can get there on your own. Yeah, that's good. Sorry, I went on a major rabbit trail. Preach it, brother. Um, other thoughts? What do you think, Earl? I'm good. I can just dwell on that. Okay. So... I think we all probably need to die a little bit today to our own. I mean, every day, um, my knee jerk reaction to the day, my, my automated, you know, default setting is just to kind of go along with what I think is right rather than obeying God, rather than um, living free of the world and, and indebted to God and slaves to righteousness, a slave mm -hmm. of righteousness. And every day, those those same laws, those same morality, you know, uh, mores, so to speak, are are making decisions for me almost. Right. And I'm slaves to that. Yeah. So I'm a slave to that. So every day, Christians need to die. That's what sanctification is all about. It says, "But now you have been freed from sin and enslaved to God. The advantage you get is sanctification." So sanctification is this ongoing process of death to self and resurrection in Christ. So what do you need to die to today? Especially the 
lies about ways that you can become good or that you can please people or that you can do the right thing? Um, and how can we accept the fact that we are destined for death, that we are um, not capable of doing that on our own and we need God? So what, what things are there today that will remind you or how are you being reminded today that, um, that your attempts at righteousness are not enough and you need grace? Where you need to experience grace today? Um, again, these are heavy passages this week, and I just want to acknowledge that these are that the Bible is not easy to read, and it 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 uh, it reminds us of our our fallenness, and it reminds us of the hope we have. And um, if it feels heavy, just know that I feel it too, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and it's okay. So thanks for listening today. We'll see you tomorrow for a very special day, and I'll tell you why. Um, tomorrow um, is the 26th of June, and we'll be reading Matthew tw- uh, 10, verses 40 through 42. So um, to press play tomorrow, and we will be with you then. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Bible Reading Plan podcast. If you have any reflections on the scripture we just read, please click the link in the show notes to leave us a voice message. We'd love to hear from you. Let me send you on your way with a blessing. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up the light of his countenance upon you and give you his peace.